Hello everyone, my name is Michael Peroni. Hey everyone, this is Matt Peroni. And welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Dad Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're coming late night, late night <laughs> episode of Deliberate Dad Podcast. Usually yes. when we record these things, it's like, you know, first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. before we go to work, before we do our stuff for the day. Stuff. Well, right now we are deliberately trying to stay cool uh, because summer has arrived. That's true. And so, so in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we don't really do AC up here because mm-hmm. it's only warm a week or two out of the year, like mm-hmm. genuinely warm. And so, yeah, now it's 10 o'clock at night, sitting in an office, sweating with no AC. <laughs> Just to let you know the things we go through to deliver this quality content. Yes, we hope you appreciate it. So today, we're going to be talking a, a little bit more about being a deliberate dad, and specifically about a, um, a dad or, or even a parent's place in the family tree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to knowing where you are in, in time, if you will, knowing that you're not just the dad of your family, that there were traditions and things that... and and uh, practices that came from before, and then there's things that you're trying to pass on in the future. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's a literal family tree, you you have roots and you have offshoots, right? Your past mm-hmm. and your future. And and uh, so I think it's worth every, every dad to do uh, what we might call a generational inventory, right? Yeah. Thinking about um, what, um, how did they get to where they are and what they want to pass on and what they don't want to pass on and what new things perhaps they should start. Right. I mean, imagine, you know, we don't, we, we often think of goals, right. And short term, right. Like five years or a year, a month, five years, 10 years. What if we thought of goals in terms of, you know, longer than that our longer than our lifetimes, right. What traditions can we start now? What, uh, principles can we teach that have an impact on our grandkids and great grandkids and, and the, the, the generational uh, members that we'll never meet yeah but exactly. we can impact them yeah you know and sometimes the, you know uh, people were dealt a hard hand and their family tree is awful so it's like <laughs> start a new family tree right plant a new seed and start over and um, and make it so that your descendants don't have to deal with all the stuff that you did yeah, and I think that's you. You described I think what are probably the most the two most common ways to look at it, and sometimes maybe it's a combination of the two. But but either yes, you recognize the good things that were handed to you and that you want to continue and, and add. You know, no family was perfect, of course. But then yeah, sometimes you can say, I I was planted in a not good place. Yeah. So I'm gonna uproot, and for the sake of my future generations, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah, and and you know what that's. That's possible for everyone. Like you said, no family is perfect, but for those that, you know, maybe didn't even have much of a family growing up, right? You're not, you're not condemned. You're not tied down to that root forever. You Mm -hmm. can, um, uproot yourself, graft yourself onto a different tree and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are some, eh, some specific things people can do to, in a generational inventory? Well, I was just thinking about us, you know, I I think about uh, our upbringing and something that I remember being made pretty clear to us as kids was, if we want to talk about a a good side, was our ancestors, not even just a couple generations back, that made 
sacrifices of immigration and, and going through hard things, uh, being away from family, so that we could be here. Yeah. And that we could have the opportunities we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people that didn't do that for themselves because the decisions they made, they kind of suffered through them yeah. in our family history. Yeah. But because of that, the sacrifice they made, that allowed us to be here. And I remember our parents you know, talking about that at a, at a decent interval. Yeah, I mean, the uh, passing on the, or the, uh, yeah, the sacrifices that, that other people made to help you get there. And like, a, yeah, I think that takes you back to having a longer, long, larger vision and a longer vision than just your lifetime and what sacrifices can you make now that don't, maybe don't benefit you entirely, but benefit the people who come after you. Yeah, it takes a long term, I, I think it takes a pretty brave and deliberate dad to make that kind of choice. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um I think I think another thing is to tackle your own blind spots. So uh, I'll I'll share a, like a funny small thing before mm-hmm. we go into um, maybe the larger point. But I remember when I first moved out of my parents' house, and I that the first time our parents' house, <laughs> uh, the first time I was out of out of the house, I was at the missionary training center right for our uh-huh. church. And I was living with a whole bunch of other 18, 19 year old guys who most of them, it was the first time out of their house too. Mm-hmm. And so you get exposed, just, just like a college dorm, right? You get exposed to all of each other's blind spots, right? All mm-hmm. the things that the families took for granted and it goes out in the real world and it, the real world doesn't work that way. Right. And the right. funniest one to me was one of my one of my roommates um, at the training center. Uh, we it was our laundry day, so we went down to the laundry room and started the laundry. And he pulled out a piece of paper, and uh, and he's looking at the paper, studying the paper, and I was really confused. I asked him what he was doing. He's like, my mom wrote me instructions on how to use. The washer and dryer. Uh huh. Because he had never done laundry one time in his entire life, right? Wow. And those, to me, that's a very small thing, right? Mm-hmm. But we, um, but certainly, like, we can be, we can take an inventory to figure out, well, what are we, what blind spots are we passing on to our kids, right? And if they were only in how not to use a washer and dryer, we'd all be blessed and lucky. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, usually there are bigger things than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is something that's worth looking into because, you know, here's the 18-year-old, like you said, 19-year-old kid. Maybe they uh, did a little bit of college. You know, I'm sure they were academically intelligent people. But sometimes, yeah, accidentally, our family lives and the way we run our homes as dads, if we're not deliberate, we can kind of ill-prepare our kids if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. We can just uh, coddle them or take care of things we didn't mean to take care of. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And I... I um when we when we do when we talk about this stuff in our in our coaching uh, what one one uh, framework we use right is principles versus practices uh-huh. and uh, when you know older people and you know I'm sure we'll do the same thing because we're still very young right <laughs> uh, but when we're old and gray and everything uh, I we'll have to make sure that we don't confuse principles and practices. Uh, as most older folks do, as, as pretty much everyone, once they get older, they tend to do. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, when you grow up with certain practices and, you know, your, your family did it, you did it your whole life, you get to a point where you confuse the practice and the principle and they're, inter- they're basically the same thing. Even if the practice is outdated, even if the practice 
doesn't help you anymore, even if the practice um, just doesn't make sense in whatever you know the current environment is. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of your principle um, gets difficult to pass on, right? It's difficult to have your children, your grandchildren, great grandchildren live that principle because it's so connected with the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, younger people make the opposite mistake, right? They certainly can. Yeah, right? Like they, they, um, they conflate the practice and the principle in a different way. It's conflate the right word. I think it is. Yeah, right? They so. mix it up. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, mix it, they mix it up in a different way in that um, the practice becomes, they, they think the practice is the principle. And instead of adapting to the time, instead of adapting to um, the uh, the needs of their generation, they say, ah, that, that practice is old, it's outdated, I'm throwing out the principle too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that is something that we, yeah, as dads ourselves and as, you know, uh, raising parents-to-be, hopefully, that, yeah, we've got to be careful with. Uh, I, I think you make an interesting point about the changing times. Yep. Uh, as the, the times are changing and the the cultural influences around us are changing and uh, the way that the world uh, might want families to be is changing. Yep. And uh, this actually plays back to uh, a different episode we did about inoculating our kids against some of those influences. Making right? your kids biased in your favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the world is changing. The world has always changed, right? Um, No generation is exactly like the one previous, but certainly technology and uh, culture has accelerated that change. And what worked when we were kids doesn't necessarily work with our kids. And what will work with our kids may not work with their kids, right? Um, And so it's, it's no use to stick to old practices that didn't work or that worked i should say before there were smartphones before mm-hmm. there was internet you know back when the ussr was still a thing yeah. <laughs> right yeah it's and it, it, it creates an interesting quandary if you will for for parents because you know we want to teach lessons and, and have our kids go down this road but if we're not careful all of a sudden 10 15 years will go by and we'll shoot you know we, we taught the wrong message we missed this thing and which plays in another episode we did about family councils yep. and regular teaching moments with your kids uh that that are that are more than you know there's all this research about like uh, having family dinner and how critical for the family that is you have great conversations in those moments that's you don't want to downplay that at all um but having regular contact with the kids that's in more of a instruction related environment if you will yeah that I, I think tell me what you think about this i think that's a good way to make sure that the practices and the principles are supporting each other um and they can and that they adapt over time yeah and that you um and you convert your kids to the principle uh-huh and maybe not the practice yeah or maybe they understand that the practice points to the principle right yeah and that they they see the difference between the two I mean, if we can pull in scripture here for a moment, well, what's the big scripture analogy for this would be the law of Moses, right? <clears throat> in the Old Testament times, um, the uh, the um, tri- tribes of Israel had a practice, the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the principle behind it, and they didn't recognize oh, okay. the Savior when he came. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, we have to be able to will, be willing to move on from our practices or at least be willing to convert our kids to the true principles so that, that they hold on to that. Right. Right. Because, yeah, once they, uh, once they get out into the world, you know, maybe some of them will take out that piece of paper and follow your instructions, but hopefully they're, uh, they're better prepared to, they just, they, they've got it. Well, whatever yeah. the, the much larger equivalent is of doing the laundry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that being said, all this being said, practices can be a lot of fun, right? I mean, there's a lot of family traditions and the nostalgia around family traditions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just, just even you and I, right? Like growing up, driving to um, Austin to visit our grandparents and extended family for Christmas, right? It was uh-huh. a fun practice. Yeah, that's true. Around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And there was that one burger place we always went by on the way home. That yes. was always our place. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, little things like that. Um, but that's not Christmas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what else do we have on this one? I, I think, I mean, it's just um, going back to the, the term and generational inventory, right? Take the time to um, determine how you got where you are and what you want your the course of your family tree to look like from there. And if you have that vision, start by doing that. Start by identifying your principles and, and, um, and uh, formulating practices that are appropriate now to teach those principles to your kids. Mm-hmm. So that way the home environment is supporting them all the time. Yep. That's, that's it. That's all you have to do. Very that's, simple. It's really simple. I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. It's super easy. <laughs> all right. I think we're good today. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, no. I um, I, th- I think um, like most of our episodes, these things will all build on each other. And we'll probably reference it back and have some more examples later. Yep. All right. Well, everyone take care. Have a great night because that's <laughs> what we're doing right now. Have a great time and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>